0: You think. Welcome to the I Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, today we're talking about character and courage and all kinds of other things. We've got attorney John Stemberger with us in the office, and as I understand it, Mark, you're an attorney as well.
1: No, sir, not a practice. Oh, but event. oh,
0: never got Lost a practice. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that all of them are just practicing. So we got Thank Mark Phillips God. and John Stenberger in the off, in the in the studio with us today. They're both from so many different organizations. I'm not sure we can even represent them all today. But as as we look at, I, and no, Mark, you're just with the Florida. No, I'm just say just, but the the Florida Family Policy Council. Yes, that's sir. one of your many jobs,
1: specifically the Florida Family Action Hills, Hillsborough office, which okay. is an extension of. family policy council all
0: right okay so we got that and john you've been an attorney you've worked in government uh you're uh working you've been told one of the most you've been called one of the most interesting and influential people you've never heard of i don't know how you feel about that it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) but john you you're you're the president of the florida family policy council uh you've been uh boy you've been involved in helping appoint judges in florida there's just so many things in your resume. Uh, you were involved in that lawsuit when that girl moved down from uh, Columbus, Ohio, because she had become a Christ follower and her Muslim parents wanted to kill her. Her father wanted to kill her because of her faith, and you represented her in court. Rifka uh, Yeah, and you also helped. You're one of the primary founders of Trail Life USA, which was that the new Christ-centered version of the Boy Scouts, replacing the Boy Scouts here in the United States. Yeah, we just... Uh came about
2: 16,000 members. We have... Uh, we're approaching 500 troops in 48 states, and it's been remarkable. Actually, today we announced a uh, $4 million camp we just inherited in the state of South Carolina. So it's our very first property, and this is in the first nine months of our existence. So we're very thrilled about Trail Life USA. Christ-centered scouting movement, folks, can find out more on our website, traillifeusa.com, to find out if there's a troop near you for your son to become a man and learn how to do that in that context.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, there's, It was a shame that the scouts moved away from their core values that they have for years and years and years, but Trail Life USA takes scouting to a whole new level with absolutely it being centered on Christ. And that's a whole different. But at the bottom of your bio, it says, hey, but more importantly than anything, he's been married to his wife, Olivia, for 20 years, and you got four children, Joseph, Benjamin, Hannah, and Rachel. So did you want to say hi to them while you're on the air? Uh, hello, family. <laughs> you, don't think, <laughs> you don't think they're listening, do you? Okay, well, all right, Mark, what about you? You, you got family you need to say hi to on the air today?
1: Uh, not necessarily. They're all back up in Illinois. They can listen online. <laughs> I've got my church family in Dunedin. Hello, shout out. All right, we'll make sure that you uh, text them to let them know
0: on the break that they can listen to the show. Okay, all right, listen. As a basis for every discussion that we have here on I Work For Him, I want you to share how Christ is working in your life today. Before all of the other stuff we talk about, the most important thing is how is Christ moving in your world? So... John, start us off. How's Christ making an impact in your life today? Well, I mean,
2: everything that I do is animated by the gospel. Um, you know, in my law practice, I pray with my clients, which I can't do in any other context. Uh, we, I have a collection of free books that I give them based upon their perhaps need, uh, men's books by various authors, women's books, books on suffering. Uh, when I do practice law about once a week, I actually have a personal injury practice. I do no advertising whatsoever, believe it or not. And so it's an old school form of practice. But, uh, you know, uh, even in our activism, in our seeking to influence government, our, my goal is not to create some Christian kingdom. My goal is to make way for the gospel so that sin is held back in, 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 in society so that the gospel can flourish. You know, we're seeing a culture and a society that's closing in on us. They're literally... Uh, if Christians do not realize and take seriously their citizenship and vote and understand the encroachment, then we're going to live in a society that's increasingly dark and hostile to everything that we hold dear. But but my passion is the gospel. My passion is to make sure that people understand the gospel, and, and that's the end result, even my political involvement.
0: And, and I don't think there's any doubt right now that Christ is making a huge impact in your life. Yesterday you got to speak at the Christian Chamber of Commerce, and, and it was all about just standing up and standing alone and And you said the most amazing thing is that sooner or later there's going to be no more casual Christianity in the United States of America. You will not be able to be a casual, well you could be a casual Christian, but you'll be They'll eat you alive. When our faith starts to get persecuted, like it's getting persecuted in Iraq right now, where people's heads are getting chopped off because they're Christ followers, when that starts to happen in our country, when people really get persecuted, people will get off the sidelines. They will get off the fence post, and they'll either be all for Christ, or they gonna be like, I don't have anything to do with that. Mark Phillips, you are, are in charge of so the Florida Family Action. I'll just say it again, so I don't screw it up.
1: Florida Family Action.
0: Florida, Florida Family Action, and you're in charge of the Hillsborough branch. That's correct, and that's right. That's where Tampa is centered. For those of you listening around the country, Oldsmar office. The Oldsmar. Well, we're not going to hold that against them, but that's technically yeah. not in Tampa. That's in Pinellas County. Borderline, borderline. So you're living. On, so you're crossing the lines. Okay. All right. So how is Christ working in your life right now?
1: Been an interesting couple of years of redirection and transformation, uh, largely bent around some of the political uh, issues and events driving throughout the country. Uh, Came out of an extensive insurance background, large loss claims adjusting, then had an interesting confrontation with uh, some of my past, and uh, albeit a bit of a short time frame, but it was the year 1980 when I jumped in, living in my home state of Illinois, and jumped in with the Ronald Reagan campaign primarily because I was ticked off. I was very upset and I wanted to do something. So that unleashed a very powerful dynamic in my Christian walk and certainly my American experience, watching some of the things that rolled out of a huge colossal scale in the future scope of, the, of world history. Berlin Wall came down, hostages came home from Tehran, you know, just things that reacquainted me with an activist dynamic certainly in my Christian walk, but also in what I wanted to do with my country. Fast forward, here I am in 2014. I jumped into the David Jolly campaign here locally in Pinellas County last February. And uh, that re-quickened a desire to be of impact. And and certainly then meeting John through some relationships um, gave me an opportunity to see where the body of Christ needed to be pricked in the heart, if you will, or activated to reclaim ground that perhaps we've given up and to march forward the theme of the of the gospel permeating as John's expressed there is just a huge desire of my heart i i hope it springs forth in every feature that I get to touch.
0: I think what's cool is that the the biggest activist ever to live on this planet was our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He was a big time activist, and and boy did he ruffle some feathers. There wasn't anybody in the political world or the religious world that didn't want to kill him. He he attacked everything about power, money, and control because they kept saying that that's what God wanted. And and he came to show us who God really is, and that really ticked people off because he messed up a lot of people's games. So when we come back from our break, I really want to dig deep into how God has worked specifically, John, in your law practice. And then the the second half of the show, we'll talk really about all the other things you're working about. I really want to talk about how you've been able to apply how you've been able to apply Christ into your daily workplace. Uh, And that'll be a lot of fun. We're talking about character and courage. We're talking about stand up, stand alone. We're talking about a bunch of different things because John is involved in so much. You should see his bio page. It's literally almost 30 pages long. It's unbelievable. I don't even know you've had time to You know, like eat the last thirty years. (laughs) All right. So right before the break, we just you you guys were just sharing your testimonies. Hey, here's how Christ is working in your life. And 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 Mark, you mentioned that you got involved in activism. And I just said, hey, listen, the biggest activist ever making impact in this world was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and a lot of people don't think about that. They think of Jesus. You know, he was loving, but but he challenged the norms of society. I mean. Jesus would end up being crucified in today's society just as much as he was 2,000 years ago That's because right. he'd tick off all the all of the right people to tick off. He's
1: the great right. disruptor. Right. The,
0: oh, the great disruptor. I like that. The great disruptor. All right. So when you think of you know, incorporating your faith into law practice, first of all, the fact that I have an attorney on the radio who claims to be a Christ follower and actually lives a Christ-following life, people are already going, Right. Okay. You know, attorneys don't have the best reputation. They do not. Uh, and, And not to mention, you said you practiced personal injury law they have the worst of the reputations of an attorney. They do, unfortunately. They, they do. I mean, it's just a sad deal. So how, as a Christ follower, have you been able to be successful? I know, I know that law practice no longer is your 100% focus. It's a small part of who you are. But you, you're able today to do law and do a lot of ministry stuff because your practice has been successful in the past. How are you able to incorporate Christ into your daily business and being a light for Christ in the personal injury law Field. Right. Well, I think the first thing um, that I want to
2: encourage your listeners to think about, irrespective of what business they're in, is to not to compartmentalize life. Mm. Okay? We must see life as it is, as an integrated whole. Okay. So, it's what a lot of people do—the mistake they make—and this how they get in trouble ethically and otherwise and morally—is they put their business in this box, they put their church in this box, their ethics, their marriage in this box, their, everything's in those little boxes, and that's not reality. Uh, so so that's why especially men can compartmentalize their lives, and this is how they justify great immorality and great unethical behavior. Is because they, oh, well, business is business. Have you ever heard that phrase? Oh, that, yeah. That's a compartmentalization, as if As if somehow their Christian faith and ethics and morals don't apply in the context of business because we're about making money and nothing else matters. Well, no, 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 that's not the way Christ sees things. God has created the world and life is an integrated whole. And so everything applies to everything and our faith should apply to all areas of life. And in fact... uh, the word uh, university is uh, unity and diversity. It's bringing colleges together. And it used to be that theology was the queen of the sciences. It was in the center, and it it influenced all the disciplines. Now we don't have that. It's just this aberration off to the side. So first thing is, we need to understand that our faith should pervade everything we do. Uh, For instance, uh, I mean, and, and this could apply differently in people's businesses. I I. Selectively pray with clients when it's obvious that they they need prayer. I, I'll just take a, a guess if they're even if they're not a believer, I'll take it. Could I pray with you? I'm not Harry's your pastor, but I'd like to. Can I pray with you? Uh, I have books that I give out. You can buy paperback books. Uh, Man in the Mirror Ministries uh, will do paperback books a dollar a dollar a piece. So I've got boxes of books that I give out to clients and, and try to use that as a ministry. So there's lots of things folks can do. I mean, if you're obviously if you're an employee, you're a little bit more limited than if you're a business owner. But we have devotions. We have Primes of Prayer within our company, within our law firm. And so those are just small ways that we inwardly and outwardly express our faith.
0: Where did you learn, I'm curious, where did you learn that you can't compartmentalize your faith? Because you didn't hear that from the pulpit anywhere. If you did, you went to a rare church as a young man. So where did you learn it? Because that is the concept, obviously, that we're pushing here in the I Work For Him program all the time is that our faith impacts all of our lives. If Jesus has impacted your life, he's impacted everything about you and everything should be changing. So where did you learn that? The
2: late, great Dr. Francis Schaefer, one of the most profound Christian <laughs> theologians, reformed from Labrie Fellowship in Switzerland, died in the 80s, but made a profound impact upon my life and thinking. Uh, his book, The Christian Manifesto, rocked my world. I would encourage you to li- to read it, Christian yeah. Manifesto. It also influenced Ken Connor. Some of you Florida Miss listeners may remember him, ran for governor, and was president of the Family Research Council. And so, uh, also influenced Dr. Kennedy, Dr. Falwell, as well, and uh, uh, and so but it's it 's really in the scripture, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God, and so we have this notion that life is an integrated whole it 's not oh my religion, and these are this
0: is the spiritual world, and this is the natural world well, the sacred secular I mean that exactly. whole argument thing came up you know in the fifties or forties where they started saying, okay hey the, the higher callings are to the pulpit, the higher callings are to uh the foreign mission field, uh, and then there 's everyone else that works in business, just send your money, and we 'll use your business skills to run a committee." That, that sacred and secular calling. That's and there's right. nothing scriptural about That's that. That's right. I mean, all, all, all of life is
2: an act of worship, okay? Whether, whether we're making love to my wife or whether I'm practicing law in the courtroom or whether I'm shaking someone's hand... All of life is an act of worship. It's a form of expression of giving God honor and glory. And so that's the way we need to see our lives, not in compartments, and because that is the thing that gets us in trouble and it's the thing which creates a very ungodly response in the in the workplace.
0: Mark, you've been in lots of different you said you handled large loss claims. So that was which company were you working for Are you doing large loss claims? Uh,
1: I was an independent. I answered oh, really? the phone for a nice. lot a lot of companies.
0: Oh, so then you traveled all the time then, too. I sure did. Yeah, that's awful.
1: So you betcha
0: That's tough on a family life. That's tough on a lot of stuff. So how did you learn about the fact that you can't compartmentalize your your Christianity?
1: Part of that, uh, aside from being a a minister's son and certainly inheriting some things in a DNA form, uh, but also the life witness that I was around and calibers of leadership in various industries as a young man and then certainly through some educational paths, I began to see – uh, I would say the viciousness of the warfare, uh, much of what John expressed, the compartmentalization. I never saw that producing peace for anyone.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yes, the compartmentalization, not producing peace for it, anyone. It was just
1: an inherent friction yeah. and a dissembling, a tearing apart. And it certainly I saw it live out in my own internal spirit and ramifications and lifestyle choices, etc., the path of life. Uh, just... Uh, became more disheveled all the time
0: Mm, i I like that because it is it is so true john isn't it that when you uh you've got i'm sure there's other attorneys that are christ followers that you do that you practice law alongside all over the country and and those that do compartmentalize their faith they do struggle it does tear them up because it it is so unnatural so we've got we've got two spirits fighting inside Mm -hmm. of ourselves i mean how do you how often do you get a chance to share with those Christ followers that are struggling with that?
2: Well, in the the concept of the Christian Legal Society, we have a fellowship that does that. Um, And so, you know, I think it's important also for, we we talked about standing alone in the Christian chamber yesterday, but an example of that in the business context is are you willing to lose money to do the right thing or to take a stand for something. I I remember a time when I was setting up a corporation. I got to do some business transactions. And I remember, you know, it was a routine client. It was It was a quick, you know, couple thousand dollars to set up an LLC, which is a complicated corporation. And as I got into it, I just realized oh my gosh, this guy is running a, porno, a pornography site. I didn't, I didn't appreciate what the, I knew it was an internet business, but I didn't understand. As I got into it, I saw, and then I realized in the middle of the client, a client sitting across the table from me, and I'm realizing that I'm putting this together. And I had two thoughts. One was, oh well, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it, so therefore I should just do it. And the other thought said, you know what? I can't do this. I mean, I cannot be a part of doing this. So I walked out of the office and said, I need, to, I need a moment. <laughs> and I just thought, and I said, I can't do this. So I went back in and just says, you know what, I'm sorry, I can't represent you. And I turned the business away. And so we have Did to you tell the guy why I, I didn't because it happened so quickly. I just tell my I, I, I think he understood why, because I, I told him I just can't represent him. But it's having the kind of mentality where we're willing to stand alone and do the right thing. Uh, and be willing to pay the price for that. And in that case, it was a quick couple thousand dollars. Uh, but but there's a, there are many, many examples where that could happen over and over again in business. Mm,
0: all the time. I, I love that. Okay, so let's talk about what Christians have to look forward to in the government and the courtrooms of tomorrow. Because it, it is unfortunate for the last... 50 or 60 years, Christians have really remained on the sidelines of activism in putting their faith forward. This country was founded on the principles, the biblical worldview. And yet we have been moving away from that since the minute it was founded. And so now we sit here the last 40 or 50 years, maybe 60, where we have just ignored biblical principles, the biblical worldview, and the courtrooms of the United States, as I've got attorney friends here in this county where I live, and they say this, the rule of law is no longer that. That the judges just rule on whatever they feel is their opinion. They're not abiding by the law. So what do Christians have to look forward to in the courtrooms and the governments of the tomorrow? Let's it's, do that without going completely political. Because if we're going to bash political parties, we bash equally. Because there are right. both sides of the aisle yep. they need to be thrown out. Okay, just to make that clear. <laughs> I, I, just because this isn't a political show. If we're going to bash politics, we bash them all. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big question, Mark, but the trend is
2: not good. The trend is not good, and what's happening is that at the highest levels of government, from the White House to the courthouse, we're, they're just saying, you know what, F- let's forget the Constitution. I mean, literally, there's a bill right now to amend the First Amendment, I mean, to, to to alter the First Amendment of the United States. And it's not good. Uh, and let's forget the Constitution. Let's forget the rule of law. We all agree on this same-sex marriage issue, so let's get this thing done. I mean, that's literally the mentality is forget the process, forget the rules of the game. Let's just do this because we can do it. And everybody agrees with us. And so it's a pretty scary time because it, it threats, threatens the very concept of our republic, the concept of the rule of law. Um, where people are just doing things because they have the power to do them.
0: Well, and when they say that everybody agrees, certainly when you talk about same-sex marriage or abortion or whatever some of those other uh, really tough subjects are, it is the media all agree, but it is the 60 and 70% of the United States people, they don't agree. They voted in states right. across the land. No, marriage is between a man and a woman. Which is the way God created us. Uh, so that is, and just that statement alone gets you hated by people today. Uh, so it is, it's, it's a tough one. And it is, you're right, we have seen an exercise of power in our government today. I mean, it's just like, yeah, like you said, well, we've got the power, so let's get it done. Right. And, it, and honestly, you know, you can, you can say on either side of the aisle, but I've seen just as many pathetic Republicans that have said the same thing as Democrats, and I'm disappointed in them all. I mean, I, I sat, yeah <laughs> I, I, I sat at Bill Young's funeral And I looked at it as Congress walked into that uh, Funeral, and I was I Just like, really? You guys represent me? No, you do not You don't represent me. And you don't represent the people that I represent. All right. So listen, how should we be get as Christ followers? How should we be getting involved in making sure the rule of law is upheld and that the government doesn't turn? I mean, we're supposed to have freedom of religion and free speech in this country. And that works for right now. It's still working for the most part. The freedom of speech is starting to get really challenged. Certainly, if you don't agree with the GLBT world how how do we how do we you know how do how should we get involved John well, first of all, it starts with
2: thinking correctly, and I think every Christian needs to think of themselves i mean you know the concept of citizenship pastors love to talk about that our citizenship is in heaven, and it is ultimately uh we're citizens of heaven we're aliens here that kind of thing. But we have a real citizenship here. It's something we should steward. It's like having money, and when you don't vote, it's like throwing away money. Uh, We don't do that with money. Why would we do that with the influence we have on the civil government? On top of that, you know, we're called to obey the civil magistrate. Well, we don't have a king. Actually, in a sense, we are the king. This is a government by the people, for the people, of the people. And so our government requires us to participate, and when we don't vote... It's almost like sinful silence. I mean, we're engaging in allowing someone else to influence the process. And so I think that Christians need to t- make take their citizenship seriously when there's an election. We need to calendar it. We need to make sure that just because we're busy moms and dads and we're homeschooling or we're doing a business that we don't forget about elections. And, and then the only thing worse than not voting is voting for the wrong guys. So you need to get the Florida Family Policy Council voter
0: guides so you actually know what you're doing when you go in the ballot box. Well, and is there one of those available in every state across the country? Because we're not being just listened to in Florida, we're being listened to. in Many states across the country. Is there an, a, a voting guide available with with people's stances in every state? Well, at Link,
2: on, on if you type in Citizen Link into Google, you'll find it. There's 38 state policy councils all around the country. Folks that do what I do in their respective states, and all of them produce voter guides. So there's still
0: 12 states that don't do it.
2: Well, there many of them are either too liberal or too are so conservative they're already they're doing great work already. Uh, but at least in 38 states, there are. Hmm. Okay,
0: and does that apply in any of the territories? Do they get the vote? I don't even know. There you go, I just (laughs) expressed ignorance on the radio. Do the territories get the vote? Because they get all of our money.
2: I have no idea. You mean like uh,
0: Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico, Guam. No, they do? They get the vote? Okay. And they get our money. But they don't pay taxes. They pay taxes? It's outside of my bailiwick. Yeah, okay, all right, so we'll get back to that. We'll we'll get back to that. Okay, listen, I want to talk about, um, you're involved in Trail Life USA. What made you get involved in that? Were you a Boy Scout? I was an Eagle Scout, awesome. Scoutmaster.
2: Had two sons in scouting, a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. A Vigilante member of the Order of the Arrow. Very engaged. One of the probably influenced my life more than anything other than like my family and my faith. And um, I know I knew the National Commission of the Boy Scouts of America, who six months prior to the change told me that the thing was locked down. They did a two-year study and they weren't going to change the membership standards. And then six months after I had that conversation. I looked down at my phone and it said, breaking news, they're going to open up the conversation. Whenever you hear the conversation, watch out, it's coming. Because it's always a one-way conversation, it's never an actual dialogue. Uh, but sure enough, uh, they started moving on that track. And so I, I called folks in the family, I called the Family Research Council and said, guys, we got to do something. And they said, no, 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 this needs to be a scout-led movement. We're not in the Boy Scouts, this needs to be from within. And after hearing that about three or four times, I suddenly realized, you know what, I understand media. I understand campaigns. I'm a scout myself. I I felt called to do it. And so we launched a national movement called On My Honor, and we networked tens of thousands of scoutmasters and alumni and donors to internally try to stop the change within the Boy Scouts. And so I raised about uh, $300,000. We did over 400 media interviews all over the country because we didn't know the delegates. They weren't releasing the names of the delegates, so we were just doing a public campaign, hoping the delegates would listen through CNN and through Fox and everything else. Well, we didn't prevail. The professionals in scouting picked the delegates unilaterally. The scoutmasters, about 65% of them said, please don't make this change. They did it anyway. And about 65% of the vote voted in favor of the change. After that happened, I was there at Grapevine, Texas, when the National Convention was happening, and we announced we were going to start a new program. Uh, and that was birth. It's now become Trail Life USA. We're nine months into the program. We have just under five hundred troops, about sixteen thousand members in forty-eight states Incredible. in the first nine months. So mm-hmm. it's been remarkable to see what God's done. And at TrailLifeUSA. Uh, dot com, folks can go to the the troop locator all around the country and find out where there's a, a, a Trail Life troop uh, near you, or you can start one yourself. And so as I say, so if there's
0: not one nearby, they can start one themselves. Yes and they just give you I put out your cell phones they just call you and help you get started mm-hmm. probably order not it's all on order the pack it's all online. TraillifeUSA.com. and and it's and and what's better about it is this is a program that was started with Christ as the center and and that's you know it, they always mention God in the scouts honor but it wasn't a Christ center program it was a it was a secular program but it had I don't know I guess I don't know the history on the boy scouts totally I wasn't a boy scouts cuz a there was no girls involved. So
1: I I didn't... I, I, <laughs> a minor setback. It was a right.
0: minor... My brother was a Boy Scout. My brother was an Eagle Scout. And I didn't want to do it because literally, you know, I don't know. I, there was no girls involved. Speaking of girls, our companion program is the american heritage girls
2: which has been around for 13 years actually 18 years uh, they have about 34,000 members and they were the official partner with the boy scouts of america before the boy scouts made the membership change allowing open homosexuality amongst the young people and so even american heritage girls broke away from the boy scouts and now they're our partner so our vision jim is to have one church have a family-oriented scouting program on one night Dads go with sons into Trail Life USA. Moms go with their girls into uh, American Heritage Girls. And it's a family-oriented scouting program, not Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Explorers, Girl Scouts, where you have your whole week is bludgeoned by this,
0: this barrage. Well, that's thing, a good so. word, bludgeoned. Yes. And, and that, there's a lot of stuff that bludgeon family from one end to the other across our country. Sports and other ridiculousness. Uh, why we have such a focus on destroying our families by being so busy all the time. It's unbelievable. So your goal is for this to actually happen within churches. That's right. It's a, It's a. We view
2: the church as critical to the strategy. We want the churches to own and operate. It's not like our previous program where you just said, oh, do you have some space in the basement? And here's sign the form every year. We want the churches to own and operate these units, use the use the young men for service projects, mission projects, ceremonial purposes. But we really want them to integrate uh, the Trail Life program into the life of the church and use it as a ministry of the church.
0: Do they have a similar end game like the Eagle Scout? Um, we do. With
2: it's the Freedom Award. Uh, and we have a transfer program, so if your child is in Scouting now, you can actually transfer into our program. You don't have to start at the bottom. Cool. There's a transfer chart. And the Freedom Award is we've already started getting scholarships uh, with Michael Ferris at the um, Help Me Out in Virginia. Patrick Henry College has given a $20,000 scholarship now. We're going after many other Christian colleges so that there can be scholarships for those that do get the Freedom Award. <laughs>
0: That's cool. For more information, then, on that, you can go to com and what's the American Heritage Girls one? Just type in American Heritage Girls into Google, and you'll see it pop right up. You'll, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look at the website. and It'll be on my Facebook page tonight. You can look at it. But that sounds like programs that we need to be supporting and getting our kids involved in all across Florida, and, of course, all across the Fruited Plain. All right, listen. Yesterday at the Christian Chamber of Commerce, you talked about standing up, standing alone, and really, you gave some fantastic examples of people who have stood up, stood alone, and it's it's been a penalty for them. Why, why the topic, first of all? Stand up, stand alone. And then I want to talk about those cases. The, it's the photographer, the baker, and the florist. I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about those, because those are people that stood up, they stood alone, and they paid for it, and uh, brutally. So, But first, why the topic?
2: Well, God has given me this phrase and this message as a way of expressing character, because as Christians, uh, one of the things that I said you alluded to earlier is that uh, the, the day of comfortable Christianity is gone. The day of respectable Christianity is now ended, and we are living in a world where the institutions of our culture are becoming increasingly hostile to the very simple and most basic things that we believe as Christians, that Christ is the only way to God, that marriage is between a man and a woman. Those two statements alone well, and, and are And I'm, I'm going to interrupt despised. you there,
0: because I mean, it's so important, and I apologize. I don't, I don't usually interrupt my guests, but you, what you just said there, and I know we're going to take a break, but the reason... This Christianity is falling apart. This the the is because we've had so many people who call themselves Christians who really weren't Christ followers. We have people who were not living their lives for Christ, and therefore, people that saw Christianity they're like, "Well, it's no, really no different than my own life. So why would I bother following this Jesus guy? Because it's not making any difference in Jim's life. Why should it make? Why should I change? I mean, so that's why it's becoming irrelevant. It's because it it has. Our society has been torn apart because people aren't really... They're calling themselves Christian, just like they call themselves... I, I don't even know. Whatever else. But it's just like a name. It doesn't... It's not... They're not really committing their lives to Christ. Sure. And so we used to be able to... Live our lives
2: and be a believer. I mean, this is the way America was formed, and there you could have the freedom to do that. But that's not the case now. We have some of the very institutions that should be protecting our liberty are now closing in on us and, and creating environments where we have to do things that violate basic moral principles and values. And so so what I'm saying is, is that we need to learn as believers— to learn how to be willing to stand alone if necessary in the workplace, in the public square, uh, because there's examples all throughout history. When you look at, you can't find hardly a, an example in the scripture. I mean, think about Noah, 120 years, standing alone. Abraham standing alone, uh, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. So many examples in Scripture of this principle.
0: We've been talking with Attorney John Stenberger and Mark Phillips about character and courage. We've also talked about Trail Life USA, American Heritage Girls. We've talked about the Christian Manifesto. We've talked about we've talked about a ton of different things. We've talked about politics. We've talked about Christians getting involved in the political process. We've talked about people just standing up for the faith. And right before the break, John, we started talking about. What you talked about yesterday at the Christian Chamber of Commerce was stand up, stand alone. And in that speech yesterday, you talked about three specific people that have made national news in the last couple of years uh, that stood up and said, no, I'm not comfortable with serving you because of your stance on an issue. And because of that, they've been sued for it. And then they referred that, first of all, then they the, there was a, the photographer. I'm not comfortable in photographing your gay marriage. Here are five photogra- photographers that will do it and they'll do it cheaper than me, please use them. And instead of them just being nice people, they sued the photographer for saying no. As if we don't have a right in this country to say, I don't believe what you believe in, and I'm not going to, based on my religious liberties that I have, I do not agree with you. So therefore, I'm not going to do it. If that person had been Muslim, and said, because of my Muslim beliefs, I will not photograph your gay wedding, they wouldn't have done anything to him. Yeah, no way, right. because right. because the Muslims have more privilege in this country than the Christians do, and the Muslims would not photograph it either. They right. wouldn't. That's right. So let, let's talk. Sorry, I got I got on that. I didn't mean to do that. But w- l- this photographer, the baker, and the floor talk about, they stood up, they stood alone, and they paid the price for it.
2: Well, the backdrop of this is something called a non-discrimination ordinance. And this sounds very wonderful. Who wants to discriminate? But these non-discrimination ordinances that are being passed in county commissions, in state legislatures around the country, what they are is their weapons. They're weapons. their new rights of action lawsuits that could be filed against small business owners. And so, for instance, in the Elaine Photography case... Uh, Elaine and her husband were actually approached by a gay couple, and they said, we'd like you to photograph our wedding. And once they got into it, they realized, oh, this is a same-sex wedding ceremony in New Mexico. And so they said, you know what? I'm sorry, but we really can't do this. We're Christians. Here's five other photographers that will do this cheaper than we will. And and instead of that gay couple saying, okay, I'll just respect your belief and go on, they sued them under this non-discrimination ordinances, which are sweeping the country everywhere, Uh, And and Elaine uh, Photography ended up paying $16,000 in change in attorney's fees ordered by the court. She appealed that to the New Mexico Supreme Court, and the New Mexico Supreme Court upheld that and said, you know what, this is the cost of citizenship. The cost of citizenship is you have to, if you're going to be in the stream of commerce, you have to offer your services to everybody. Now let me ask you this, Jim, where is the greater injustice? To, to ask the same-sex couple to just go down the phone book and find one of 50 other photographers that could photograph their wedding, or to force one couple who's a Christian to do something which violates their conscience, and which, by the way, is an artistic expression when they do this. They said, we don't just photography, we actually go in and do video, we put music to it, it's an artwork, it's like commissioning them to do a piece of art. And so it's just
0: outrageous. And this is happening all across the country with various business owners and is I mean was that a plant I mean did the did the agenda uh, that's being pushed forward across this country to to push the gay agenda not it's not you know there's not you don't see Christians uh, picketing everywhere saying we don't want gays anywhere that is not it because I will tell you that I have gay friends I love my gay friends I don't believe in what they believe in They're they've got sin in their life but I'm not going to judge them because their sin is differently than mine all of our sin causes us to have separation from God were those planted? I mean, as part of the agenda, yes. were they planted there in Absolutely. order to say they picked a Christian photographer and said, "Hey, let's vet them out and let's just let's crucify them." I mean, was that on purpose? All across
2: the country, um, the various gay and lesbian organizations are targeting Christian businesses to make an example out of them, so that they can chill and actually force everyone. It's, it's at, they're actually just trying to. to to intimidate everyone to in this mold. And it takes courage to be able to say, you know what? I I respect you. I love you, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm willing to take, pay the cost. I'm willing to be sued, whatever it is. And so it's happening with bed and breakfast owners. It's happening with cake bakers. It happened with a, uh, a, a Christian T-shirt company in Kentucky. They asked him to do the T-shirts for this Gay Lesbian Pride Festival. And he said, you know what? I just can't do that. Here's, here's a list of some other people. And he didn't do it. And so they sued him again under these non-discrimination ordinances. So we need to be alert as Christians. Just because we hear the word discrimination, we need to know what that means because it really it's discriminating against us. We don't need non-discrimination ordinances. They, they're one of the worst threats to constitutional liberties in this
0: country. And I know I heard it on Rush Limbaugh. I heard it on Glenn Beck. I heard it on Sean Hannity. They were all talking Talking about that non-discrimination stuff that was sweeping the country, and they said, "Watch out, because this is not what we're thinking that it is." Now, listen, this this show is not about political activism, but it is about trying to make sure that Christ followers actually are representing Christ in their business. Now, those three people—they were obvious Christ followers that were running those businesses, and they were persecuted for their faith. And this is—these are small examples, but there are examples like that coming. All they're coming—they're filling the pipeline. They're coming for you, but. We've got a Heavenly Father that's bigger than this movement. And if you are truly a Christ follower, you've got God on your side. And you can still use the light of Christ to be an example to those people, even when you're being persecuted. That's what the disciples gave us an example of. I mean, what is some advice you want to give people that if they start getting persecuted for their faith because of their discrimination, not because of their real discrimination, but because they've got a freedom of religion in this country and a freedom of speech, what, what What's some advice you should give people? Well,
2: here here's the thing. I want to assure small business owners and actually all your listeners that when they are exercising their constitutional liberties, they need to do so with great confidence that we're going to be there for them. You know, this whole standing alone business, you, you, God wants us to be able to stand alone. But he doesn't want us to be alone. We need each other. And so what I, here's the confidence. There's an army of Christian lawyers waiting to defend folks. In fact, we're not just waiting. We're salivating, okay? We love to get in these cases because we want to defend Christian liberties. And so the Alliance Defending Freedom Organization, ADF, Teladf.org, Liberty Council, there's groups like that around the country that are willing to come to the defense of small business owners
0: if they're threatened by these statutes and others. So stand up for your faith. If if somebody wants you to do something that it goes against your beliefs, then you need to stand up. Because there are there are all kinds of organizations. I mean, Jay Sekulow is the guy that's got the biggest publicity, publicity, but there are now organizations in every state and really in communities. Mark, you, you deal with this stuff all the time. You're seeing organizations out there. Well, give me some of the organizations that are here locally in Tampa.
1: Uh, Florida Family Action would represent probably one of the newest, at least an extension here, of Citizen Link. That's where I personally operate. A uh, specific function of just building up believers to come out and take some civic action, reach out to their fellow countrymen. We do a lot of that in a, in a very fluid, comfortable way with telephone surveys, three or four quick questions. It's rather interesting to hear your countrymen vent right now with so many social, political, Uh, geopolitical frustrations hitting on people. Well, and it's really just...
0: I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Uh, It's so amazing. You know, just the health care bill, you know, the Obamacare bill, forcing companies against their conscience to provide the... the, This is some fancy word. Things that cause abortions automatically with inside of of a woman and saying, you've got to provide these things to people. And, And that's just... That's just amazing. All right, I mean, we could absolutely talk about this forever, but unfortunately, we're out of time. You're listening to the I Work For Him Show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.